I also own a zoo. You own a zoo. What's up, YouTube? We're back. I'm JS, and tonight on Beneath the Cowl, I actually get to interview not only a cosplayer, but a body body build bodybuilder. Mm, I gotta say that correctly. A bodybuilder, a chiropractor, almost, and an exotic animal educator. That's right. Tonight I have the pleasure of sitting down with none other than the real queen of the jungle, Savannah Poison herself. Stay tuned, YouTube. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to Cosplay Alliance. As mentioned in my intro, tonight I get to actually sit down with Savannah Poison, a.k.a. Real Queen of the Jungle. Welcome Hello. to Beneath the Cowl, Savannah. How are you? I'm doing quite well. How are you? Doing well, thanks. Hey, why don't you take the obligatory 30 seconds and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay. All right. So here we go. I got 30 seconds. Ready, set, go. So I am a <laughs> cosplayer. I have been on the cover of, I think it's five or six Red Sonya comics. Um, I'm also a bodybuilder. I am finishing up my doctorate in chiropractic. And um, let's see. I also own a zoo. You own a zoo? I own a zoo. Yes, I own a wow. zoo. Wow, I knew you worked with exotic animals, but we're going to have to get to that in a little bit because I want to find out a little bit more about your zoo. Um, first of all, listen, the obligatory first questions. Everybody knows it's coming. How did you even get into cosplay? I've always been obsessed with Halloween. So <laughs> As a kid, I grew up in a very religious household, and um, I loved Halloween, and I loved making costumes. Like, I was Hades from Disney's Hercules. I've been Bellatrix. You know, I did a ton of different things. And one day, I was on Pinterest, and I saw this really weird thing called cosplay. And people just brushed <laughs> Comic-Cons. It was like four and five days of Halloween all year round at all these different places. And I said, I want to do that. I'm going to do that one day. And so I did. Now, um, I mean, for the people that don't really know you, like you mentioned earlier, you're also a bodybuilder. Now, if people start following you, will they find out that you're more of a bodybuilder than a cosplayer? So it goes back and forth. Uh, I do both, and I love both. <laughs> it's also pretty dependent on what content I have available to post. <laughs> Fair so, enough. Right now, there's a ton of bodybuilding stuff because I just did a show. So I think I did four or five shoots right after my show. And um, so, you know, there's a lot of bodybuilding stuff. If mm -hmm. you wait until after the next Fan Expo in Dallas, it's going to be primarily cosplay stuff. So it just kind of cycles. If I do a photo shoot with cosplay, I do a lot more cosplay stuff. I try to keep it pretty well balanced. Mm -hmm. Now, if I'm well, going by your pictures that you've been posting lately, you still compete. Mm -hmm. um, how did you – I mean, first of all, did you – how did you get into competing in bodybuilding? Um, was the competition side really what got you into bodybuilding in the first place? So I actually got into bodybuilding because I used to be really, really skinny, like unhealthy skinny. Mm. Five foot six, which is way too skinny. And I saw a picture of Ashley Kay. I think she's like three or four times since Bikini Olympia. And I said, I want to be strong and fit like her. So I started lifting and here I am. <laughs> Is there like a association or a specific class that you compete in? Like, how does that work? Yeah, I compete um, in the NPC, which is called the National Physique Committee. Um, National Physique Committee. Mm -hmm. And that is kind of the amateur division of the IFBB. So, like, you heard of Ronnie Coleman? Yep. 
oregano, like I think they were all IFBB. So mm -hmm. that's where I compete. And I do that um, because it's the most prestigious and the most competitive. And, you know, I get to put myself up against the best. And Texas has a great competitive nature. And I always try to do the big shows because if I win, I want to win. I don't want to win against like one other girl, you know? Oh, and fair I, enough. You, you want to know you're winning against the best out there. Exactly. I compete in the bikini division. So I'm the smallest of the women's classes. Now, uh, how long do you see yourself competing? I mean, you, it's amateur, but I mean, you're more than an amateur. You're almost professional. I know you're not technically professional, but I mean, you compete on a regular basis. How long do you see yourself doing that? I mean, is that one of those things where as long as my buddy body can take it type deal or like, how does that? Yeah. It'll be pretty much as long as my body can handle it safely. Um, that was my water. I was trying to throw it into a blanket. That didn't work. Um, Pretty much as long as my body can handle it. So I do it really safely. Um, I think we diet most of the time at around 1,800 or 1,800 calories a day. Most people eat 2,000 calories a day. So I'm eating 200 less than most people's maintenance. So I'm still losing weight at that. And we do about a 10 to 12 week prep. So it's not really difficult on my body. I also don't carry a lot of extra fat. Like this is my off season shape. Mm -hmm. um, about 10 pounds heavier than I was on stage, which that's nothing. In 10 weeks, losing 10 pounds is nothing. I mean, let's be honest, I'm assuming you still, you know, I mean, not necessarily training for competition, but you probably still go to the gym almost every day. Yeah, I go five to six days a week. Yeah, yeah there's no way you can stay in shape in your off season. If you stop completely, there's no way you can get back into it. I mean, it would be very hard, I'm assuming, to get back into it. Yeah, so um, I keep lifting because if I don't, I don't have the muscle to get on stage because it's not just like a weight loss competition, you know, it's mm -hmm. like a bodybuilding competition. So if you don't have the muscle underneath, like, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, obviously, you know, being a bodybuilder keep, keeps you in shape for you know, your cosplaying. Um, or, or going to the gym period keeps you in shape for your cosplaying. Does your cosplay influence your bodybuilding at all, whether it be in your outfits or the type of training that you do, the type of muscles that you develop, et cetera? So the muscle development is based on the class that I compete in. So we want rounded cap shoulders, full glutes, and nice full legs, and a tiny waist. But does my cosplay influence my outfit on stage? Yes. So originally when I picked it out, if you ever look at my earrings and my stage pictures, they look like leaves. That was my throwback to my poison ivy. Mm -hmm. and originally I wanted the suit to be just plain green, like poison ivy. And then the more and more I looked at it, I was like, hmm, I want to be a mermaid. So I got my poison ivy looking earrings and my suit looks like something a mermaid would wear. And so I kind of mixed genres, I guess, a little bit. I went DC and I guess like Disney or something. But yeah, that's why I chose that because poison ivy is kind of the first character that I ever really, I cosplayed Harley Quinn before I ever cosplayed poison ivy, but poison ivy was always like the top choice on my list of cosplay. And I have done two suits for her, and I will be making another one eventually because. Uh, are you now? Um, since I started cosplaying, I made that first suit that I wear in all of my uh, pictures as Poison Ivy. I made that whenever I was like 100 pounds. And so that was about 30 pounds ago. Hang on. Are you okay? I'm supporting. Oh, okay. Um, I have Harley Francis. I'm at her house using her backdrop and everything. So. Uh huh. She's. Hi. Behind the camera. <laughs> <laughs> but so I'll eventually be making another one. Um, I made it just like the Playboy Bunny suit. So it's fully boned corset and laces up because that's my ideal 
costume to wear is one that laces up because then it fits all the different times of the year. Um, I'm definitely going to want to get back to some of your cosplays. Um, I, I'm assuming your Poison Ivy is your favorite cosplay. Uh, by the way, you're talking about it. I do want to get back to some of your other cosplays as well in a minute, but I, I want us to talk about the fact that you are graduating in less than, what, five months now? Yes. As I, a doctor of chiropractic. Yes, sir. I graduate on December 11th. Um, I've known I wanted to be a chiropractor since I was about 14 years old. When I was in, hmm, I was like 13. I was in a bad car accident, which left me with like seven-ish bulging discs, herniated discs. Ooh. And uh, we tried everything. We tried physical therapy, massage therapy. I was seeing a neurologist who wanted to do surgery um, and some other things. And I did even did like shots in my back. None of it really helped. So it's a last ditch effort. We tried chiropractic before then. Like we were like, no, kind of like not anti-chiropractic, but just like, no, that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Well, then going to the chiropractor for a while, my pain level was very reduced. And then eventually it was pretty much gone. So I looked at him and I said, what does it take to be a chiropractor? Because I want to help people the way you help me. And he gave me a brochure and now 10 years later in a hundred and I want to say 35 days, I will be a chiropractor. So I'm very excited about that. Has the, uh, I, I mean, obviously you're, 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 you've started practicing to a certain level. You're already working with customers. Has the way that the pandemic changed everything, um, change the way that you do business and that you you know do your thing as a chiropractor so it changed our clinic we have a campus clinic mm -hmm. so i wear white coats as part of our personal protective equipment i think is what it's called that's what they call it we wear um face masks everything was already being wiped down very well between every patient but now they brought in like these extra strong alcohol wipes that you almost have to leave the room after you wipe everything down and uh, so that's a little different. Our patients get questioned at the door. If they have a questionnaire, they have to fill out. So, I mean, things have changed a little bit, but overall, like, you know, we don't treat COVID or anything like that. So as long as our people want to come in and get adjusted, we take the precautions on our end. Of course, they're required to wear masks whenever they come in. And it hasn't changed it too much. I actually know chiropractors who, unlike a lot of the other people in the profession, they stayed open and they actually doubled, if not tripled their patient base. Because wow, really? I And you know what? And that was kind of going to be my next question. I kind of figured it would have been the opposite, that a lot of chiropractors would have said, no, you know what? I'm not going to be touching people in the middle of a pandemic. I'm surprised that a lot of people are, are not only staying open, but their business is booming. Yeah. So there were chiropractors that shut down. But like my chiropractor, he stayed open. He's got an associate that works under him. They've been seeing people the entire time. And they're doing great. I mean, if here's the thing. If one chiropractor says... I'm not going to adjust you. I don't want to touch people right now. All they're doing is shooting themselves in the foot because for one, you know, I mean, they're just kind of abandoned. I don't want to say abandoning their patients, but they're no, not. I bet you they are. I get it. Yeah. And so their patients are going to go elsewhere if they want to get adjusted. Like I have a patient that drives mm, an hour to see me. And if I was not there, she would go somewhere else. Like she could find somewhere else. So. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, you're right. I mean, in the business, in the type of business that you're at, those people need the help. So if, if you're not going to be there to help them, yeah, they're totally going to go somewhere else, right? I mean, that, that only makes sense. Um, I want to switch it up a little bit. Um, you, you said it earlier. You've got your own zoo. Uh, you – look, I'm an animal lover myself. I've got a dog. I've got a crested gecko right now. I've had multiple reptiles uh, over the years. 
Um, you run a program. Uh, well, first of all, you run a zoo, obviously, but you run an educational program for kids. Right. So what we do Tell us is a little bit about that. It's a family business. So we take our exotic animals out to schools, daycares, colleges, preschools. Now we do a lot more like homeschool type events or people have us have a birthday party more now. And we take out anywhere from three to 10 animals on average. And we teach about it. And we go, hey, this is my friend, Nigel. He's a Burmese python. They're native to Southeastern Asia. They eat rats. They can get up to this long. The largest one ever recorded was, I want to say she was 18 feet and 10 inches long. Her name was Baby. Oh, and wow. Serpent safari, and you talk about their lifespan, you talk about their conservation status if it's known. So, like, we have a ring-tailed lemur, he doesn't go out anymore, he's retired. But you know, we say, you know, they're on the island of Madagascar, over 90%, I believe it is, of the forests in Madagascar that were originally there are gone. So, and of course, you know, lemurs are an endangered species, so kids they care about that kind of stuff, and they care even more if they get to see the animal in person and they get to go, mm -hmm. Oh, wow, that's what that is. And you're telling me that if we don't change this, that they could die out like the dinosaurs? Kids care about that. And like a lot of the animals we take out, you know, they're not super exotics. Um, most people. Well, what kind of animals do you work with? Um, so I have personally been caring for ring-tailed lemurs, fennec foxes, quadamundes, kinkachus, uh, red-tailed boas, Burmese pythons, ball pythons, corn snakes, milk snakes, um, a rainbow boa. Two different species of dwarf caimans. Um, oh, wow. What? I said, oh, wow. I've never actually seen a dwarf caiman. They're evil incarnate. Oh, are they really? <laughs> they have little man syndrome. Like I tell people all the time, I would rather work with an American alligator, which is like really? seven feet. It could be seven feet long easily. And I would rather work with that than a two foot long caiman. Oh, interesting. They're, mm -hmm. are they, is it because they're aggressive or just because they're. Right. Oh. Yeah. So, like. You know how chihuahuas, like, they think they're so scary? Oh, yeah. I, I have a chihuahua, so of course I know what <laughs> – of course. <laughs> think of the American alligator as being like the Great Dane, okay? <laughs> and then you have your little dwarf caiman, your little uh, Snyder's dwarf caiman, and he thinks he's the big man on campus. It, it's not very – it's not a nice animal to have. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, you do not want one as a pet. You do not want one as a pet. Yeah, I know that he could just be 3D long one day if it's actually a girl. But if you have him as a pet, like he is eventually going to bite you and it is going to hurt. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure it'll hurt for sure. I mean, and and let's be honest, Caymans, I mean, the claws. It's it's the claws, right? I mean, if they go nuts, those claws are they're not fun to deal with, I can tell you that. Um, how do the kids react to seeing some of these animals? Obviously, kids, I mean, they just love animals in general, but when they start seeing snakes and and, and big reptiles like, you know, caimans and, and, and stuff like that, they must go wild. Or a lemur. I mean, who, who gets to see a lemur, right? Right. So usually this is – I have two reactions from kids. Either one, it's usually the snake and the spider that get them. Either one, they're going to be like, let me hold it. Let me touch it. I want to pet it. Can I hold it? Or they're going to be screaming and running. Ew. <laughs> it's a rattlesnake, you know, or something like that. I'm like, actually, Nigel is a Burmese python, and I feel like his feelings are a little hurt right now. <laughs> so I'm not asking you to choose between who your favorite kid is, but which one's your favorite animal? Mm, do you want to go with mammals? My favorite, I have two. My favorite is either Ziamara the Kinkachu mm -hmm. or Simi the Kawatamunde. The what, sorry? The what? The what, sorry? The Kawatamunde. I don't know what that is. 
Okay, so have you ever been to Central or South America? I have not, no. Have you ever seen the pictures of, they kind of look like raccoons, but they've got long snouts? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I know exactly what you mean. Yes, 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 yes. He's oh, those are just so cute. Yeah, they're adorable. And people don't ever think about them because, like, you know, like the Kinkachus and the Kodamandes, they're not real well known. Like, people have seen a ring-tailed lemur. They know what King Julian is or Zabumafu, like, from my age group. Mm -hmm. But the Kinkachus and the Kodamandes, they're like, what's that? Is that a Pokemon? I'm like, no, but it might as well be. <laughs> Choose have like a five inch long tongue to drink like the nectar out of flowers. What normal animal is like that, you know, like besides them? And, and the kids, do they, I mean, the kids that are into it, I mean, you say they want to touch them, they want to pet them. I, I mean, they are kids, right? So they, I mean, and, and these are still wild animals. Uh, do you, have you had some, I don't want to say incidents, but close calls with kids where you have to say, hey, like, you know, chill out or <laughs> you have to pull them back because you know the things can get a little rough here so i'm very careful if i usually start with an animal that if someone is rowdy it's not going to do anything like if i bring right. out a little tortoise and someone's being out of line with the tortoise i don't let them touch anything else pretty much because i am first and foremost there for my animal safety and the kids safety and my own safety that's what i focus on so i have had to tell kids before um you are not touching another animal go sit in the corner which of course, you know, it makes the parents mad. But at the end of the day, whenever I give your kid two warnings and they go ahead and do it anyways, and they're putting themselves in danger. Like I had a little boy one time whenever I was working for another educational program, I had a 10 foot long Burmese Python that weighed over 50 pounds, okay? Oh. And I'm carrying him around like this, like Britney Spears, you know, slay for you. And this little boy walks up whenever it's his turn to pet. And of course we always say, you use two fingers, you be very gentle and you pet like this down the snake's back. Very gentle, we don't poke, we pet with a flat hand. And he comes up and he slaps the snake. And I didn't even give a second warning, I didn't even get a second chance, I looked at him and his parent and I said, your child is not touching another animal, they need to go sit down away from us. Well, that's not fair, and I said, the kid was like- It's not fair seven. to the animals. Yeah, I was like, this. if I did not have control of the snake, if this was not a very docile snake, your child could have been bitten. So he's going to go sit down and not touch anything else because I do have more exotic animals that move a lot faster than this snake does. Mm -hmm. And so we're very careful on some of the animals like lemur doesn't go out because he's not suitable for shows anymore. He's older and, you know, I mean, I don't blame him. Whenever you get up there in age, do you really want a kid going, oh, look at how soft his tail is? I mean, yeah, probably. for sure. All he cares about is snacks. Some of the animals like the Kawada Monday, he sits on my shoulder. I hold his tail and kids get to pet the end of his tail. So he's way up here and the kids are down like mid thigh level almost, you know? And so we always minimize any risk because that's, you know, the top priority. We want the kids to learn. We want them to have fun. We want to make sure they're safe first and foremost, along with the Well, animals. you want to make sure both the kids and the animals are safe, right? I mean, it goes right, both right. ways. Yeah. Um, so the zoo, uh, can people actually come and, and visit the animals and see you guys? Or do you guys only go out to schools and events and things like that? We only go out to events because we do get a lot of rescue animals in. Okay. So whenever we get an animal, like we have a King Kachu and I love him to death, but he is not suitable for events. So he lives at our facility. People can't come visit us because he ha is so territorial that if people were to walk up and try to, you know how people do. Even if there are two fences, they're still going to try to reach and pet. Mm -hmm. 
we're not putting ourselves, nor are we putting him in that position. He tolerates us decently, but he's not an animal that is going to do well with strangers, which I understand. I wouldn't want people coming and poking and prodding at me in my house. So it keeps him safe and it keeps everyone else safe. So we don't really let people come visit us. It's also, um, whenever we do get more rescue animals in, like we've had birds in the past and things like that, where whenever they first come in, they've been bounced around from home to home. And so of course they're like, where am I? Do I need to be scared? Yeah. So they settle a lot better if they have stability. And if they have four or five people that they see on a daily basis, they're much more likely to relax into it than if they're seeing hundreds of people every day. Are uh, most of the animals you folks care for, uh, I mean, are they mainly rescues? Rescues and owner surrenders make up about 80% of our animals. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of assuming here, and, and you, you know, you tell me if I'm completely out to lunch, but I'm assuming if they're rescues, some of the animals you get are probably a little bit tough to work with, especially at first. Yes. Um, we have dealt with quite a few dwarf caimans because people like to get them as pets. And those are one of the hardest ones to work with because if they're not socialized a lot as babies, they're evil. Like I've met one really nice dwarf caiman that I would handle any day of the week, but he doesn't belong to me. He belongs to one of my good friends. Most of our dwarf caimans that we've gotten have been people's pets. Like we had one and she, I say had, because whenever we got her, she was so far gone, you know, there's not really anything we could do. Severe metabolic bone disease. She was only fed goldfish. She was severely anemic, had a really bad parasitic infection all over her back. Like it was just really bad. She was living in a, it's not cardboard, but it's that really cheap, like particle board stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Like in a box basically in a guy's living room with a little tiny shoe box, plastic tub shoe box like this big. And she was almost two feet long of water. And that was it. And she was in super bad shape. Um, and even in the bad shape she was in, she was very aggressive. And birds are probably the second most difficult thing we work with because they're so particular. And if you're mm -hmm. not their person, they'll bite. Like I said, we have animals that will never go out to events because they can't handle it. And then we have some right. like our macaw and our cockatoo. Um, Jewel is the cockatoo, or Jewel is the macaw. Tiki is the cockatoo. And they love to go out. They love to meet new people. They were very well socialized. So they love it. We've also had um, like a little conure named Artie and he hates people. He does not go out. He doesn't really let anyone touch him. He just wants to be fed and watered and left alone in his little area, which understandable. I feel that too. Yeah. I mean, I, there's so many people that get some of these animals. I have no freaking clue how to care about them. And, and yeah, it's, I almost feel like it should be a prerequisite to go through a course to care for some of these animals sometimes before you get them, because especially some of these bigger animals, bigger, especially bigger lizards, some of them can be so aggressive. And like I said, the claws can be so dangerous sometimes. Like, you know, you're, you're raising an animal to basically be a friggin' monster because you're not caring for them. Like, anyway, I, I don't want to get into the bad side of it because you know what? There's too many of it already. Um, what I do want to talk about though, is your cosplays. Do it. Um, so let's bring up a couple of, of, of pictures of cosplays. I mean, uh, and, and, I, and I always relate to people by when I started following them. And I think when I started following you was when you came out with this version. Is it this version? Yes, this version of your Wonder Woman, because you had another version before that um, that I went back and saw at one point. 
Uh, or was it the opposite? I couldn't remember now. So I only actually have this version of Wonder Woman. It just looks really? a little different. When I originally made or got this corset made. I was so tiny that now it fits completely different. Ah, but you also, I thought the tiara was different. Oh, and yeah. I thought most of the, ah, okay. So some of the parts were different, but the main costume itself is, is still the same costume. Right. Ah, I see. Uh, how long have you been, uh, you know what, I'm going to move over here a little bit. There you go. How long have you been uh, cosplaying Wonder Woman? Mm, let's see. Since about 2016, I think, is whenever I first commissioned this costume to be made. Yeah. Um, the next one I'm going to bring up, actually, is She-Hulk. Um, I, I may even want to bring up She-Hulk because, obviously, there's the She-Hulk TV show coming soon. Um, first off, I mean, obviously, this is one of those cosplays that is so fitting for you uh all of your she-hulk pictures look amazing i don't know if it's the wig or just the fact that you're so built in these shots uh it's it's a it's, it's such a classic costume for you do i even have time to get into some of the mcu tv shows and stuff or, or with everything that you do like are you always on the go do you even have time to check out some of these new shows that are coming out so i actually do watch the shows i especially watch them whenever i'm doing cardio so i set my little phone up and I take my little 30 <laughs> cardio and I watch whatever I'm watching. Like, so it takes me forever to watch a show because I don't actually get to just sit down and watch it. But I do watch them. It just takes me a long time. Like I'm on episode three of Loki. So no spoilers, please. Uh, don't worry about it. We're not going to talk about it. I, uh, you can't talk about Loki without talking spoilers, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those shows where it's so full of Easter eggs in every episode you can't really talk about it without spoiling anything. Are you excited at all about the, the She-Hulk uh, TV show coming out? Or was that just a cosplay that you did because, hey, it was fitting? Or, or are you an actual fan of the character? I actually love the character. I think she's super cool. I don't know why I keep cutting myself off. But um, <laughs> there we go. I'm back in the picture now. Uh, I actually love the character. I think she's super cool. Um, whenever I first started doing research on her, so I will never cosplay a character without researching them first if I haven't been reading the comics. So whenever I first started doing research on her, I started actually getting into the idea of cosplaying She-Hulk about two years ago. And so I started looking around because at first I thought, you know, like a lot of like the She-Hulk, I thought her and like Bruce Banner were a thing and that's how she got that. Like some sort of, I don't want to say STD, but like this was a long time ago. <laughs> something that I had in my head. So I'm like, I don't really want to do that one. And then I started doing research and I found out it was from a blood transfusion and all that. And so I was like, okay, cool. Because, like, the comics that I've read are the more well-known ones, you know? Like, I've read Red Sonia, obviously. Um, I feel like that one's really obvious. I've read the White oh, Widow comics. I was going to get a picture of your Red Sonia as well, and I didn't. You have so many great pictures of Red Sonia, and, and now I'm realizing I didn't get a picture. I, I, listen, if anybody's watching – well, not if anybody. Everybody that's watching this needs to go to your Instagram page and check out some of your Red Sonia pictures because some of those are some of your best pictures as far as I'm concerned, especially some of the crazy edits you've been posting lately have been amazing. So that's not actually even an edit. That is a um, backdrop the guy used. Is it really? Yeah, so it's a projector. I thought it was so cool. It's a projector he set up. And so you get like the stars or the flames or whichever one. And some of those are on my body. Like one of them we shot, he said, step this way so you're in front of the projector. And it looks like I have just bathed in glitter. I'll be posting that one sometime this week, I think. But it's not glitter. So that's actually just the projector putting that on my body looking like glitter. And it was so amazing. He did um, all the Calvin Klein shoot like the black and white ones that look like they came from the ad. Yeah. And he 
is a photographer that the shots that I had put into a women's fitness magazine, he took those. So super So cool. that's her at the projector. Wow, that's crazy. I don't know if I was that's such, to a, such a great idea. It's such a great idea. I mean, I don't know why I never even thought of that myself. I mean, it, it, it really makes the whole picture come to life. It makes it surreal, absolutely yeah. surreal. Huh. Uh, listen, I, uh, I are you still there? I'm wondering if I'm lost, losing you here. Your connection seems a little bit off. I'm here. Oh, there you are. Perfect. There you are. <laughs> listen, I want to talk about this. Your Kratos, by oh, yes. far my favorite cosplay of yours. Um, what was the inspiration to decide to do Agenda Ben Kratos? This looks amazing, by the way. So um, let's see. Where was my head whenever I wanted to do this one? Um, I had, I believe I had already done the Red Sonia, and I saw that the guy that made my leather, because this was back before I ever started doing any leather work, um, I saw that he had made some straps, and he said it was for a Kratos. And I started, like, I had played the game a little bit way back in, like, 2017. Not very much. Didn't know much about the character. I remember thinking the game was fun, but with my life, I don't really have time to game anymore. So I just... Thought it was cool i enjoyed the game the character seemed cool from what little bit i had seen and i was like all right so then i saw this leather that he had done and i was just like "Ooh, that's pretty i don't know who that's for but that's pretty and then i started reading about the character it was for and i was like oh kratos that's what i played isn't it and so i started just like okay well let's do some more research because now i want to cosplay that character and so i uh went a little crazy with my research I went so far as to watch some people play the God of War games on like Twitch and stuff. So that way I could kind of, cause I don't have a gaming console anymore. So I was like, well, you know what? I can't play it right now, but I can watch people play it. So I did that whenever I was doing cardio instead of watching a TV show. And if that's really fun, try to find someone who's actually doing what you want to do whenever it's not a scheduled time. And you're just like, well, I'm at the gym at 5.32 PM today. So let's see who's playing like God of War. So that's kind of how that went. But I think he's super cool. I love the character. He's kind of a badass, too. Can I say that on this video? Yeah, sure. Anthony, uh, our gracious editor, will bleep it out if it's not not okay. Okay, all right. I'll try to refrain. <laughs> but um, kind of <laughs> bad dude. There we go. There you go. And um, I was like, oh, I like this character. I want to be Kratos. And I... So originally, before I thought about doing the gender bin, I thought I could put on a wig or a bald cap, and then I could glue on a beard. Like, I was fully committed. I you know my... what? That that would have been cool, too. I mean, uh, I could have seen that as well. That would have been amazing. <laughs> you should yeah. still do that at some point. That'd be wicked. <laughs> I might. I might. So bald caps, I found out, like, do not look that great on me because I've got so much hair. I look like... Um, yeah, Michael fair Mark. enough. Oh. <laughs> so it's hard <laughs> But I, I look like Megamind whenever I tried the bald cap. So that was not happening. So I was like, you know what? Kratos has a dark beard. My version is going to have dark hair, and it's going to be feminine and sexy and a bad woman. I'm bleeping myself out right there, trying to, like, make it. <laughs> <laughs> but well, listen, it totally works. It totally works. Um, this brings me to a question that, you know, I was, was one of, it was going to be one of the first questions I was going to ask you. And I decided, you know what, let's, we were talking about other stuff. Um, you know, I'm seeing the Kratos axe here. I forget what it's called now. Um, 
Are you more in the I buy my costumes professionally made camp, or are you more in the I make as much as I can camp? So it's a mix. Until I learn how to do something, I buy it. Right now, come closer. I have a secret. You got to get real close to the camera because I got a secret. Come here. All right. Are you in the process of making something new? Yes, I am. So I, right now, I am making a leather Wonder Woman corset that is like from the new, not 1984, but the other version of Wonder Woman um, and her Justice League corset. I am making that out of the leather right now. As First in time. the comic book uh, Wonder Woman, the new 52 comic book Wonder Woman, or you mean the one from the Justice League movie? The Justice League movie, not the new 52. Right. Although I think similar, there are a couple differences, but I fell in love with the one that they had in the Justice League, and I was like, I don't want to wear that. And I've actually reached out to different people to make it, but then, like, one of the girls that I was super interested in having make it, you know, she, she got another job, so no time. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn how to do this. I have not worked with leather since I was 12 and I made a belt and it was ugly. I did very bad. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go make this. This is going to be fine. I'm going to make it. It's fine. So I walk into a leather shop. I said, I need half a cow worth of leather. And the guy goes, well, ma'am, what are you making? And I go, I want to make a Wonder Woman corset. And he goes, how much leather working have you done in the past? And I go, none. <laughs> you should have just seen this guy's face because here I am like, pretty much dressed like this. I am ready. I am ready to go. And he's just looking at me and he's like, um, well, why don't you let me know how that goes? Like he's trying not to be, uh, discouraging, but at the same time you can fully tell he's like, this is not going to go well. It's actually going decently. Yeah. I don't have it with me, I mean obviously not at home, but as soon as I get it done, I'll be posting teaser shots. Now I, I mean, if you've never worked leather, where are you learning? I, I now I'm gonna make a wild guess here and think that YouTube is your best friend right now. But uh, where where are you getting all your techniques from? Uh, so you're gonna think I'm really weird. Uh, I actually just try things and see how they work out. So I just I downloaded a pattern for a foam leather corset and yeah. thought it would work. It did not. So the front looks really good front looks really good it's already painted and primed and like ready to go for me to make the final touches on it but from like here around, sorry from like right here around to the back it's not going as well because i found out really quickly that this pattern was not made to curve you know what i mean like it was made to be straight mm, yeah so i'm go through and change the shape of my pieces but just like with anything else that i've made Whenever I made my Poison Ivy corset, I'd never made a corset in my life. I just bought a pattern and was like, I can figure this out. I made a quilt. Anything's possible if I can make a quilt, right? Anything is possible. Was it the best way to start? No. But it's going well. Um, I'm not really using YouTube. I'm just kind of trying things. I guess if yeah. that makes any sense. Like how I did with totally. my Totally. Totally. I, I was just like, this makes sense. We'll put two rings on one scale and then attach each of those to another scale. And like, doo, doo, doo. so that's how I do things. I don't really do many tutorials because I find I get very frustrated with watching and not getting exactly what I'm looking for. So if I have like a very specific question, like how to make the leather edges look pretty mm -hmm. Google question. And it said, burnish them. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And so, I looked up the little tool you used for that and it looked very tedious. And so I said, I'm not going to do that. 
So I ordered something similar and I put it on my Dremel mm -hmm. and it's worked well. I, I don't think that's what it's intended for, but it's what it's for no, now. But I'm pretty sure you can get an actual burnishing tool for your Dremel. Uh, pretty sure that exists. I could be out to lunch, but uh, now is it plastic or is it wood? Uh, it's wood. It was made to like file something or something like that. It wasn't for mm -hmm. leather, but I was like, it looks close enough to me. And then I put some um, saddle soap, like the oil that you use on it, linseed oil. Yeah. And I put that on the wood and that's what I've been using. And it seems to be pretty much doing what it's supposed to. Well, hey, as long as it's making you some nice clean edges, that's what's important. Exactly. Um, Awesome. Hey, listen, um, let's talk cons for a minute. Uh, what's going on with cons? In the, I mean, you're in the Dallas area. Um, yeah. Anything coming up uh, in the next little while? Yeah, so the next con I'm going to is the Dallas Fan Expo. I want to say it's the weekend of September 17th through 19th. Um, I believe my best friend is going to have a booth there. And if she is, she is offered to let me come hang out. And as long this as This is that's in the uh, Artist Alley or... Um, I believe she's a cosplay guest. It's uh, Gotham uh, Gal. Oh, sorry, you cut out. I couldn't hear it. It's Gotham Gal cosplay, Harley Francis. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. You know who that is? Well, you have some pictures with her in your, uh, I'm looking at one right now, where she's in Harley and you're in Poison Ivy. Yes, so she is a fantastic, in fact, I suggest you reach out to her and I will tell her to look for you if you'd like. She's a fantastic Definitely. Actually, you know what I'm realizing? I'm not I'm not subscribed to her. I'm subscribing right now. I've seen yeah. a lot of her pictures, though. I, mean, I don't understand how I'm not subscribed to her. Actually, I'm seeing that I've liked some of her pictures. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, she um, obviously, you know, I told her I'll do my poison ivy one day. And she goes, yeah, sure, definitely. And then besides that, she's like, have fun, do whatever. And you can bring your stuff set up at my booth. And I was like, cool, because otherwise I'd just pretty much be standing at the booth all day talking to her anyways. So it'll work out well. But besides that, I haven't really looked past that much because with the way this year has been, it's been a little weird trying to get back into things. Mm. So I've mainly got like more cosplay shoots planned um, and stuff like that because cons are in a weird spot right now. So... What are the other big cons in the Dallas area? I mean, other than Fan Expo, uh, I mean, that's certainly one of the biggest cons up here in the Toronto area. I don't know about Dallas, but what, what else is there down there? There's a lot of, like, local comic book shows, which I like those. Yeah. I think you can great comics there. Um, there's different anime expos, which I do like me some anime, especially, like, Castlevania and Death Note and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I am 100% a DC and Marvel girl at heart. Like, that is my thing. So... I can get into anime. In fact, I've been watching, um, whenever I'm not watching Loki, I've been watching Castlevania on the stair climber. Yeah. It's a good one. <laughs> How far in are you? Did you get through everything at this point? Well, I mean, if you're still watching uh, it, you obviously haven't gotten through all of it yet. I'm trying to remember which season I'm on. I want to say I'm on season two or three. Yeah. But I don't remember which one. And I'm assuming you're liking it so far. It's pretty good. I, I, I like it so far. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Um, I'm also a little bit jealous of all of the characters' hair because I'm like, it's so <laughs> so perfectly, even throughout battle. But I think that's an anime thing. All of them have, like, the best hair. Yeah. But besides... Um, uh, go ahead, sorry. No, sorry, go ahead. Um, I think I am looking at going to Colossal Con this year. I haven't checked the dates yet. Yeah. But I have a bikini version of Poison Ivy that I think would be fantastic. So. Ah, very nice. Very nice. Um, 
are are cons i mean are they back in full swing for you guys so obviously you know like you said the main one we have is the fan expo which was originally supposed to be in may and they usually have fan days i think it is in october mm-hmm. I think it's october maybe september so things are a little bit weird um from the cons i've seen like the smaller ones they seem to be back in full swing but you know we yeah, have it's hard to say because fan expo here is the same thing it's usually at the end of august or a, a third, second or third week of August, and now it's been pushed back to September for us. And Fan Days, which is typically in, I think September, I don't think is happening this year. Yeah. So yeah, so it's hard to say what's going on with with cons. Hopefully, hopefully we're going to be able to get back into the thing. Oh, the other thing too is it's limited attendance at right. Fan Expo here. I don't know about you guys if if they're opening it up to everybody. It's limited attendance here. I think we're at full capacity because in Texas, most of the mask mandates have been lifted. Um, in fact, I think the clinic where I'm at is one of the only places that still requires masks. Oh, really? Yeah, our local grocery stores and everything because our cases are so low. Um, wow. They don't require masks, so. Really, we keep hearing how the U.S. is is going through like a fourth wave or whatever, and cases are rising and. Look at what's happening. We don't wear masks. And that's all we hear up here in Canada is how it's so bad again in the U.S. And funny that everybody I seem to speak to seems to tell me, well, no, we don't wear masks anymore and everything is fine. We're pretty much back to normal now. Yeah, I mean, we're mostly back to normal. We're also in, you know, like Texas, Oklahoma, like those states, they're kind of like, all right, buddy, we're back to normal. And they're going about their days, whether there were cases rising or not. I've heard that cases are supposedly rising, but I haven't seen... Like I've heard it on the news, but whenever you actually like, I've talked to some healthcare worker friends of mine that are like in hospitals and they're like, no, not really. But you know, that's just one or two hospitals. That's not. And I'm wondering if it's one of those situations where sure cases are rising, but because there's so many people that have been vaccinated, they're, uh, they're not ending up in the ICUs and, and, you know, clogging up the hospitals. I mean, is that, I mean, I don't know what the state of the vaccination is down there, but I'm kind of assuming that that's what's helping us appear anyway. I would think so. Honestly, I have no clue. Um, we just kind of go about our business and, you know, I mean, we're mostly back to normal. I honestly couldn't even tell you because from what the little hospital, were, like the little hospitals that my couple friends work at, they're not big hospitals. It's not like they're at Baylor or anything. So, you know, and also like, I really feel I live not exactly in Dallas. I'm a little south of Dallas in a smaller town. I think that anyone who's gonna have it or has had the vaccine or has already been exposed to when they have their own antibodies, like that's already happened probably for them. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's one thing that's a little different. Cause like in the US, you know, like we didn't go through the lockdown that y'all did. And then, um, cause y'all had a pretty long lockdown, didn't you? We're still not fully open yet. I mean, yeah. restaurants and, uh, well, well dine-in, uh barbers uh hairdressers salons uh those type of things i mean they just opened up a few weeks ago at most Uh, i mean i got my first haircut in months last week um so things are still just now starting to slowly reopen restaurants are still at limited capacity uh grocery stores are still at limited capacity everybody still has to wear masks everywhere um yeah, I mean, we're slowly reopening, but it doesn't feel like we're out of the lockdowns yet. We're, we're still knee-deep into it as far as I'm concerned. 
Yeah, I think that, um, gosh, when did we reopen fully? I want to say in March. Oh, wow. Open fully. I want to say it was like March or May 25th or something that they were just kind of like, okay, uh, good luck, everybody. But mm. I think a lot more people also had COVID than know they had it. You know what I mean? So like, um, I got exposed to it in December of 2019. Did I know that's what it was? No. And then I got exposed to it again in 2020, you know? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that until after the fact. I got told, oh, yeah, I had COVID. And it was like three months after that incident. And I was like, oh, okay, well. I never had any symptoms, um, but I do have the antibodies, so that's cool. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Uh, we, my whole family, we got hit hard in, I want to say, November of 2019. Mm-hmm. We all were sick as friggin' dogs and just assumed, you know, it's just a bad case of influenza, you know. But timing sure, co- you know, was very coincidental with, with COVID. So, you know, was it, was it not? I mean, we don't know, but. In our minds, it's like, yeah, that's what it was. I mean, we were so friggin' sick, and we were all sick one after another. And the timing, like I said, the timeline was just bang on with it now coming to Canada. So, yeah, it probably was. But, hey, what are you going to do? Exactly. Savannah, where is everybody going to be able to see you next? Um, Or or is your next big show a bodybuilding? Wow, why am I having such a hard time saying this word? Even in my intro, I had to, you know, say it like three times. Uh, is your next show a bodybuilding show or a cosplay show? So my next show is going to be, um, yeah, it'll be Fan Expo in September. Yeah. That's the next big thing planned. Now, if something else pops up, you never know where you may Fair see. Enough. Um, I've been asked by like three people if I'm going to Dragon Con this year. And as much as I would love to, I just don't think I can swing it this year. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know if you saw, like right now, Everything is on hold right now because Mr. T, my red-footed tortoise, was attacked by a dog. So, oh, wow. Yeah, he's uh, about yay big. So he's like the size of my foot. He's not very big at all. But something broke. I say it's a dog. That's my best guess. Um, broke into his outdoor enclosure, which is where he was because it was during the day. So he could get some sunlight. And um, so everything is on hold right now when I take care of him. What is this the tortoise that whatever animal attacked and broke his shell, like punctured yeah. a big hole through its shell. I saw pictures of that. I can't remember if that was you that actually posted pictures. Did you post pictures of that? I didn't post photos of the injury itself. He's all wrapped in gauze right now. and he's got. Yeah, uh, I seen a picture of the tortoise wrapped in gauze and a quote about being attacked. And I'm assuming that must have been from you. Yep, that was from me. Um, he's not pleased with it, but I'm like, well, I bet. work with it if you're alive. He's got... Um, so he doesn't have a fully broken shell. He's got a crack on, like if you were thinking, if you were looking at the top of his shell right here, and it's about like this, it's a crack that runs kind of here and then this way and across. Mm-hmm. So, and then the rest of it all, like, you know, the pretty scoots or I don't know, whatever you want to call the black stuff on top of the bone. Right. You can see the different lines as they grow, you know, that is gone on about a third of a shell, a quarter to a third of a shell. Um, and that's where the most visible damage is. The most worrisome damage was on the ventral aspect. So like where his belly would be, where he's got two good size punctures from obviously something's canines, which is one reason I said dog. Um, we have no idea whose dog. We don't know exactly when it happened. Uh, I know the last time he was okay. And then I was at the clinic 
and um, or no, I was at a seminar, sorry, a seminar, because it was Sunday, and then I had to go to the clinic today, and I have come home once or twice today just to make sure he's good, doctor him some more, give him some more fruits and veggies. As long as his appetite's good, I'm fully sure he's going to be okay. But when I found him, you can imagine my sheer terror, because he was just in his shell, kind of limp-legging it, and it was like, oh my gosh, he's dead. Um, I mean, this all happened in the last couple of days. Yeah, it happened Sunday. Uh, could this have been a wild animal? I mean, I don't know if you guys have coyote, coyotes or wolves or, I mean, I don't know what kind of big canines you guys get down there. I know we get a lot of them up here, but. Uh, I suppose it could have been a coyote. We have seen bobcats in the area, but based on how yeah. all his shell is, I was pretty much going off the fact that. I think for most bobcats, he would be a bit large and the canines mm -hmm. weren't really close enough together because they're almost this far apart. So like three, three and a half inches apart. Oh yeah. That, I don't think that would be a bobcat bite. Yeah. You know, okay. uh, they wouldn't get that big. Boy dog. I had thought about that, but otherwise, I mean, we have so many stray dogs where I'm at that I was like, mm. probably someone dumped a dog and it was hungry and just decided that hey this wire isn't even at all intimidating and it's not like it's chicken wire it's actually like fencing wire so Oy. well sorry to hear about that and uh hopefully uh, the tortoise is okay what's the name of the tortoise again his name is mr t because i pity the fool that calls him a turtle <laughs> mr t i love it i love it hey savannah um thank you very much for doing this with me that was amazing uh, where can people find you on social media um, I am Real Queen of the Jungle on, you can search that on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok and find me. I also have underscore Real Queen of the Jungle underscore for my backup TikTok because TikTok loves to flag me for adult nudity, even though I am not nude on TikTok. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of people talking about that, actually. That seems to be happening a lot lately. Yeah, they block almost every single video I post. And like, there's one of them where I literally just like did the arm thing where you have like your arm flat like this and you show how skinny it looks and then you flex. I did that one yeah. and, I got flagged, and I was in like a tank top like this. So I don't understand, but it is what it is. That's life. Um, but my Twitter, which I'm going to be honest, I am very rarely on Twitter in terms of posting original content on there because uh, most of my stuff is pictures. And I just don't feel like y'all want to hear about the tweets of, I just found out that the leather edging tool is very sharp. Ouch. Like, I don't feel like y'all really want to know that, but that is Savannah. <laughs> On Twitter, uh, eventually you'll find me because I can't remember if there's like an underscore or not. But it's usually if you click on, I think I have a link tree on my Instagram. You can find most of them through there too. Perfect. Well, hey, thank you, uh, thank you again, Savannah. Really, really appreciate this. Hey, thanks everybody for uh, sticking all the way to the end here. Uh, for those that did, uh, a little bit of a scoop. Uh, next time I'm actually sitting down with Evil Ted. Yeah, that's right, the main man himself, Ted Smith. It's going to make an appearance right here. I'm going to eat the cow with me. Uh, make sure you subscribe and click the notification, guys, if you don't want to miss it. Make sure you hit the like button. That really helps us out. It lets us know that you folks are not only watching these videos, but you're enjoying what you're seeing. If you have any questions for Savannah, make sure you post them below. Savannah, I'll definitely let you know once this goes live so you can take, you know, maybe an hour or two of your, of your day and, and see if anybody's, uh, uh, you know, posting any questions. And again, you know, thanks. Uh, you know, really uh, great to having a chat with you and meeting you face-to-face uh, -face virtually. <laughs> and, and we'll uh, see everybody next time.
thank you for having me out. And if you guys have any, have any questions, yeah, just feel free to post them. And I will check back pretty frequently to try to answer all of them. Thank you guys.